Good evening, everybody. You can take your seats. As you grab your seats, just high-five 17 people. <laughs> hey, what a great week. And um, shout out to all the young people that are here tonight. Um, who was on the youth camp? This section over here. You know, what a great youth ministry and uh, what a great church. Hey, Bianca and I have been so blessed to come and be with you guys. And uh, Matt was saying, hey, man, like you've done five sessions in four days. And I was like, hey, it's nothing compared to what Pastor Allison had me do at the kids conference one year. I think it was five sessions every three minutes. But no, it was... We, we love coming and, and our heart's totally to serve. We are, we're passionate about the local church, we're passionate about people, and certainly passionate about young people. We've been so blessed to come and hang out with your camp. And uh, just a little bit about Bianca and I. So Bianca and I actually met uh, in our church, and we are a part of Global Heart Church, which is a very uh, similar-hearted church to yours. So we are passionate about missions, we're passionate about the gospel reaching every corner of the earth, passionate about church planting. I know um, my dad, Pastor Jared, our senior pastor, he very much looks up to Pastor Jack and has been inspired by your ministry, Pastor Jack, and so uh, we, we love your church. It feels like being with family, and uh, I actually grew up in the church I was born whilst my parents were planting a church in London, and in fact, I was born in the church and just popped in an offering bucket, taken to the back for counting. I joined the ushering team that service, and uh, really, me and my two older brothers, we've grown up as, in the church, and um, my, my passion for the church has just grown and grown and grown, and we, we just love seeing God growing churches all over the world, and uh, meeting Bianca, serving in our kids' ministry was such a blessing. Um, join the kids' team. You never know who you might meet in there. Uh, serving. God might do something, and so we are very blessed right now to be a part of our executive team at the church and overseeing all that God's doing in our Perth location. Uh, we've got a church in Montreal in Canada, uh, one in Hamburg in Germany, one in Zambia, and then one in Melbourne, and uh, we're just believing for God to continue to do more through us as we serve Him. And so I'm ready to preach the gospel tonight. I want to preach the good news. And the, the great thing about the gospel, the, the news about Jesus, is that it's for everybody. It's for the young person, the old person. It is for the rich person, the poor person. It's for the barrister. It's for the barista. It's for the pastor. It's for the prostitute. The gospel is the great leveler. It's for everybody because everybody needs the gospel. I was chatting with someone the other day in our young adults ministry, and he said, Jordan, I'm finding it hard to share my faith with my work colleagues because they all have such good lives. One of them lives near the beach. He goes on three holidays a year and he's got a sick car. I said, bro, that would be hard if that was what the gospel was for. Because outside of his house and his car, he's got a need in his soul, which can only be met in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The gospel isn't about you having a great car, having that beachfront house. I don't know any suburbs in Sydney, but maybe it's the three-story in Parramatta. Was that good? <laughs> Praise God. Moving right along. The gospel, everyone, the message of Jesus Christ is for an unseen part of your life. It is for your heart. It is for your soul. And so I want to speak tonight specifically about the condition of your heart. And we're going to read a great story in the Bible as we do that. And so why don't we just pray together? Let's just commit the next uh, three hours as I preach to the Lord. And so right across the room, why don't you just reach out to God and let's just invite him to speak to all of us tonight. Father, we thank you so much for this great church. And Father, for this service that we're in right now, 
we just know, God, that when we're together in church, it's not a normal thing. It's a supernatural thing. And that, God, even though we're just gathering in a place, Father, you want to speak to us and you want to minister to us. And so we just ask you, God, to speak to every heart, speak to every mind, and especially, God, anyone here tonight that does not know you right now, Lord, as Lord and Savior, may the night be, tonight be the night that they open up their heart to you in Jesus' mighty name. And the fourth row said, thank you, fourth row. Well, I'm going to read a passage in Scripture. I'm only going to read one version of it because this is the story so nice, it's in there thrice, and it's Jesus healing a man with leprosy. We're going to read the version in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, and it should come up on the screen to help us as well. But it says this, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord... If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. This scripture is recorded another two times in different gospels, this story. And here are the key components, everybody. We have here a desperate leper and a loving God. We have an untouchable person and a willing Savior. We have an act of humility from this leper, and we have a demonstration of power from Jesus. You know, the term leprosy is used broadly in the ancient world, if you look back, and it really speaks to something contagious on your skin. There's different versions of it, different severities, but leprosy is, throughout Scripture is something contagious on your skin. And it's something that goes beyond the surface of your skin, and it goes in deep into your nervous system and into the health of your whole body. It's at risk to you, and those skin conditions, leprous skin conditions, are a risk to those around you as well. You know, God in His wisdom in the Old Testament knew that people were going to struggle with this and wanted to teach us some truths in it. Now, this might seem strange. I was giving Pastor Matt these scriptures earlier, and he was like, Leviticus, hmm, numbers, hmm, but bear with me. We're going to go somewhere. And so we're going to read Leviticus 13, verse 1. These are laws about leprosy dangerous, contagious skin conditions. It says this in verse 13, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, when a person has on the skin of his body a swelling or an eruption or a spot and it turns into a case of leprous disease on the skin of his body, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons the priests and the priest shall examine the diseased area on the skin of his body. We are going somewhere everybody, just hang tight. And if the hair in the diseased area, I promise we're going somewhere, has turned white and the disease appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a case of leprous disease. When the priest has examined him, he shall pronounce him unclean. Everybody say unclean. Verse 4, but if the spot is white in the skin of his body and appears no deeper than the skin and the hair in it has not turned white, the priest shall shut up the diseased person for seven days. This sounds like a lockdown. But uh, we're going to read Numbers chapter 5 now, verse 1, just elaborating a little bit more on this. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Command the people of Israel that they put out of the camp everyone who is leprous, 
or has a discharge and everyone who is unclean through contact with the dead. You shall put out both male and female, putting them outside the camp that they may not defile their camp in the midst of which I dwell. And the people of Israel did so and put them outside the camp as the Lord said to Moses, so the people of Israel did. Here's what's happening in, in the Old Testament. Old Testament. They're teaching God's people that if someone has a leprous disease, you are now to declare this person unclean. That would now be something that you are determined as. You are now identified as someone who is unclean. You know, history tells us that these people, and Scripture speaks of this, would have to cover their top lip like this. Sorry, sound guys. And would have to walk around saying unclean, 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 so that if you were someone who was clean, you could hear the unclean approaching and you could move away. You could make sure that you wouldn't have to interact or engage with someone who was unclean. What a cruel and constant reminder to themselves and others of their condition. You know, they were kept isolated. It says that they were only restored to community once they were recovered. The book of 2 Chronicles teaches about King Uzziah who had leprosy. And he had to stay, even as a king, had to stay in a separate house and was banned from the temple of the Lord. Leprous conditions, uh, conditions meant that you were numb. It meant for many people that you didn't feel pain. And it literally was like being the walking dead. You were not allowed to be with the people. You had to declare out loud that you were unclean. You were not allowed to be in the presence of God. You didn't feel pain and many times your skin was completely numb. People were alive but not feeling. They would see people but could not be in community. Now knowing all of that, isn't it so powerful that a leper approached Jesus for a miracle. Someone who was not allowed to go near people had the audacity to go before Jesus and ask for a miracle. But what's even crazier is that Jesus, knowing this person was unclean and anything that touches that person becomes unclean, had the audacity to touch that person and lay hands on that person. We see in that story Christ's love, Christ's compassion, and Christ's radicalness. He did something pretty, pretty radical. Here's some interesting points, everybody. The leper broke the rules approaching Jesus, and Jesus broke the law approaching the person. The leper broke the rules approaching Jesus, and Jesus broke the rules touching him. It's so great because Jesus, as a teacher of the law, did honor the part of the law by having the person present themselves to the priest. In doing so, it's believed that Jesus wanted to do two things. He sought to divert too much attention away from his healing ministry. He wanted people to seek him more for spiritual healing, not merely physical healing. But it was also to provide a powerful testimony to the priests. The journey to present oneself to the priests was big. To be a testimony to the religious authorities that the Messiah had arrived, this person was. This person went to the priests and was a living, breathing, standing testimony that the Messiah had come and that it was Jesus. The leper's testimony was to God's love, compassion, faithfulness, and I love this, Christ's power. This story, so nice that they used it thrice in the Bible, is a great parallel to your story. This story of the leper is a great parallel to my story. We, like the leper, have a condition as well. It's not a physical leprosy, but a type of leprosy on our heart. 
a condition in our heart. We didn't do anything to get it. You were born with it. It's like leprosy, it's in your blood. And it is the brokenness of man. It's the brokenness of man. Sin like leprosy is beyond the surface. Even though it's on it, it goes beyond the surface. The brokenness in our heart, the sin in our heart, is a risk to ourselves. But it's also a risk to those around us. It makes us before a holy, loving God. It makes us unclean before Him. And we might not declare it with our mouths like lepers did back then, but we certainly do with our actions, that we are broken. Many times it does cause us to be numb. You go through the pain of life, sometimes storms of life, and you're numb. You're alive, but you're not feeling. You may connect with this. You might be like a leper who sees people, but's not connecting. Many times it's the brokenness in our heart. It's the leprosy on our heart. It is our sin, and it's our sin that has made us unclean. So what is sin? Any fans of the Indiana Jones movies here? Come on, nine people. That's awesome. Well, there's two great examples in the Indiana Jones movies of what I think God's holiness is like. The first one's the old school Indiana Jones, where they open the Ark of the Covenant. And it's incredible, like, for its time. I think the movie was made in the 80s, but they open the Ark of the Covenant and Indiana Jones says, don't look, don't look. And one of the bad guys looks and as they open the lid off the Ark of the Covenant, the, the holiness or the representation of God is revealed and someone looks and they melt like a candle. That's a pretty good example of the holiness of God. And they did it again in the fourth Indiana Jones, which is not a good movie, but I'd, I'd watch it again. But there's this alien being, again, this is not scriptural, guys, it's Indiana Jones, I can't make that clear enough, but this alien being appears and it's this all-knowing alien being and this, this lady looks into the all-knowing alien being's eyes and she like, just explodes into flames. I watched that and I was like, that's pretty good representation, the holiness of God. What is that? It's that God, right, is uncreated. God is perfect. He has no beginning. He has no end. He has no creator, no one to answer to. He's holy. He's perfect. He's everywhere at once, every when at once. He knows everything all the time, every day. We are not like that. We are created. We have a beginning. In this life, we will have an end. We are not perfect. We do have a creator. We are imperfect beings wanting to come into proximity with an uncreated, perfect, holy God. If you think about that happening, even people who don't believe in the concept of God, if they just hypothetically thought of an all-knowing, powerful being, something broken coming to the mix, it's going to melt like a candle. We melt like a candle in the, in, in, in the closeness of the holiness of God. And why that is, is because of the condition of our heart not being able to meet the standard required to be in the presence of God. He is a holy, sovereign, perfect, uncreated being. There is a holy standard for us to be in a relationship in His presence. The Bible teaches us that throughout Scripture, it introduces the law of God. What does a person have to do to be in God's presence? And pretty quickly throughout Scripture, you get the idea that it's impossible it's, it's impossible. And so God in His grace, rather than having us do more and do more, He took the reins and said, I will do what is necessary. Now, I like this. This is what a theologian said. They said, a sin is a word, deed, or desire in opposition to the eternal law of God. 
Let's read Matthew 15 together. It's going to come up on the screen. Just verse 10 to 11. It says, And he called the people to him and said to him, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. If you skip to verse 17, it says, Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? We won't dwell on that verse. Verse 18, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. Everyone say heart. And this devolves a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands is not defile anyone. You know, we can get caught up on all of the outside things. And many religions will preach this as what does a man have to do in order to connect with God when the message of Scripture is look at what God has done to connect with broken man. The Old Testament, the Saviour concealed. The New Testament, the Saviour revealed. It is God telling us that no longer do you have to try and do something to get your way out of brokenness. I have done it for you through my Son. You are no longer broken when you look to Him him. What you and I need help and healing with the most is on the inside. We have a leprosy of the heart. It starts on the surface, but don't be deceived. The brokenness that we have is within us. But the good news is, everyone say good news. The truth of the Word of God reveals a loving God, a heavenly Father, not a God you must reach, but a God who has reached out to you and we just simply need to respond. A God who is reaching out to you to help and to heal. The good news is that the story of healing for that leper can be your story. That story was a desperate leper and a loving God, an untouchable person and a willing Saviour an act of humility, and then a demonstration of power. Here's my story, and it can be your story tonight. A desperate person and a loving God, an untouchable sinner and a willing saviour, an act of humility, and then a demonstration of power. And for us today, it's because of Jesus. The leprosy on our heart, keeping us from God, does not require perfect obedience. It just requires that we believe and receive in Jesus Christ. To to come believing that Jesus is willing and is able. He was perfect for me. The life I couldn't live, he lived for me. The price I couldn't pay, he paid for me. You know, my wife is from Sri Lanka. And over in Sri Lanka, there's a temple where there's a chipped tooth of Buddha. And people will spend thousands of dollars to get there. They will make their way there. They'll climb up the mountain to try and kiss this tooth to try and acquire some sort of godliness and holiness. Thank God you don't have to kiss no one's tooth. You don't have to do anything because Jesus Christ has done it. What we need to do like this leper, an act of humility. If you're willing, would you touch my life? I am in desperate need. Cancel the flights to Sri Lanka, unless you're gone on holiday. But you don't need to go to the temple. You don't need to wear certain clothes. You don't have to eat certain foods on a certain day of the week. Stop having fish on Friday. Jesus has saved you by grace and grace alone. He has done it for you. If you do like eating fish on Friday, that's fine. Though this leper's condition was great, Christ's love and power was greater. Though your sin may be great, his love and power is greater. You cannot outsin the grace of God. 
Just four points really quickly as we get ready to close. I love this. Jesus includes the rejected. This person went from being cast out and isolated to being included. You may feel cast out and isolated. Jesus wants to include you in a great family. This church is a great family. The body of Christ is a great family. Scripture teaches us that God sets the lonely in families. If you feel isolated and cast out, God has a great family for you to be a part of. Number two, Jesus affirms the unvalued. He affirms the unvalued. What I love about this story is that we know Jesus can heal people without touching them. But in this scripture, he chooses to touch the leper. He chooses to touch him. He didn't have to touch him. He was not ashamed to affiliate with this man and to reach out and to touch him. And Jesus is not ashamed to affiliate with you. No matter what you've done, he can still and wants to touch your life. He sees you. And when God touches our life, he reminds us of our value, of our identity in him. I love there's a great psalm that says that Christ's thoughts about us outnumber the sand. Scripture teaches us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are designed with great intent and great care because you're of great value to him. The third point is that Jesus heals the sick. We serve a miraculous God. His priority is our soul, but he absolutely cares for our needs. The Bible tells us that he knows the number of hairs on our head. Just look straight ahead. I know there's a few people with not many, but that's okay. What that scripture is speaking of is not about hair, it's about detail. God knows every detail of your life inside and out and he loves you deeply. He knows what you need, he knows what you want and he wants to bring about his plan and purpose for your life. He is a caring God, he can heal the sick. Scripture shows us people are raised from the dead, blind eyes are open, paralyzed bodies move and we see the disciples heal people. And you know, his spirit is still on the earth. We are seeing people in our church physically healed regularly. And it's a testament to God's love and to God's power. God wants to heal your heart and he can also heal you physically because he loves you. Number four, lastly, is that Jesus forgives the guilty. Jesus forgives the guilty. Now, I wouldn't recommend Netflix, but on Netflix, there's a couple of cool documentaries about innocent people being pardoned. So they're in prison for a crime that they didn't commit and through a, a, a big course of events, about eight episodes deep, they get pardoned. And it's a celebration of, wow, look at this innocent person where an injustice happened, they've been pardoned. You know what's interesting about our faith is that we are guilty people being pardoned. We're guilty people being pardoned. Jesus forgives the guilty. Scripture doesn't teach us that Jesus forgives good people. Because the Bible tells us no one in light of God's holiness is actually, in fact, good. Jesus forgives the guilty. I remember watching those episodes thinking, man, that'd be cool to be like that person. But then I was reminded, I'm not like that person. I've been forgiven and I am guilty. God extends forgiveness to guilty people who turn to him. But like that story of the leper, I'm guilty, but Jesus is willing and able. I have deep regrets, but he's willing and able. I've made the same mistakes before over and over, but he's willing and able. He forgives sinners. So I want to ask you tonight, have you asked for his forgiveness? Have you received a transforming touch from Jesus Christ? Have you received the supernatural miracle of salvation in your heart, your mind, and your soul? God wants to do something powerful in your life. 
And the great thing is, is that he has already made the first move. God is reaching out to you. You being here tonight is, again, a representation of God and his love reaching out to you. You being in church, not an accident. God's reaching out to you. It's simply a matter of responding. You don't have leprosy on your skin, everybody, but you have it on your heart, and it's not too big for God. Will you tonight simply believe and receive the healing touch of Christ for your soul? And I just invite the team to come up. We're going to get ready to close in just a moment. But I would love to pray for everybody. And we're going to have an opportunity at the end of the service to put your faith in Jesus. But I would love to just pray for everybody here tonight who is already a follower of Jesus, that we would continue to be used by God to help those around us with the leprosy on their heart, that we would be a messenger, that God would use our hands to touch the untouched that God would use our lives to reach the unreachable, the undesirable, and that we would see the love of God be poured out everywhere in our lives. So right across the room, just close your eyes just to focus on God. And I just want to pray for us right now as we get ready to close this part of the service. Jesus, we thank you for your word. And God, we're so grateful for what it teaches us of your heart. And Lord, this story of the leper, Lord, it resonates for all of us. And we just thank you, God, that you have touched our hearts. Lord, you didn't have to, but God, you chose to out of love for us. You love your creation. And so we just pray for everybody in the room right now. In this moment, Holy Spirit, remind them of your great love for them. Remind them, Father, of how you've brought them out of darkness and into light, how you've brought them, Father, from leprosy, God, into clean, cleanliness, righteousness because of your grace. And Father, may we never forget God, our mission that you have called us to reach the unlovable God, to reach those that are in need. And Father, would you use our hands, would you use our feet, would you use our lives for your glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise together, everybody. Thanks, Pastor Matt. Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Jordan.